What is next for teams after they lose in the conference championship? Norfolk State is faced with the unenviable task of knocking off the number one seed in the NCAA tournament, and TSU faces that same task after getting through the first four. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Lay my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. Now, we always talk about these conference champions, automatic bids, where they're going to be seated, all things of that nature. But do you ever ask yourself what happens or what is next for those teams who lose in a conference championship? What happens to the runner-ups? Is there anything more for them or is it just on to next year? Well, I'm here to tell you that there is more. There is a way to play meaningful basketball even after losing in the conference championship. See, just because a team doesn't make it to the big dance don't mean they can't go to a little a little social, you know, a little prom dance. They ain't at the big dance, but they're at a little prom dance. Just a little something for them to still be able to play basketball. Now, there are multiple ways for you to be able to get this done, multiple ways for you to execute that. And then we're going to focus on the NIT tournament. However, there are multiple ways. Like in 2019, my Texas Southern Tigers, I was there. This was... Well, it was 2019. I'm trying to think. I think I might have just been getting into sports media. I was. I was just getting into school media, right? And they went to the, the to the college insiders. That's what it was, the college insiders tournament. And they went like four rounds deep. And it was something that was extremely celebrated, something that was appreciated. And you couldn't tell those players it wasn't meaningful basketball. And it wasn't the NIT tournament. It wasn't the big dance. But it was something that allowed them to tra uh, travel. They went to the University of Louisiana Monroe. That was like a great game. And then also ended up going to Wisconsin to play. And it was celebrated as one of the best seasons and best postseasons in Texas Southern basketball history. So there are other ways to do it. But when you look at it, not going to the big dance, the NIT is the second best thing. It's, it's a consolation prize, but it's something that feels meaningful and actually means something in the sense of, yes, it's not the big dance, but if you can win this, you can pull this off. You're still playing with some top-level teams. You know that you're playing with high-level teams. It's not even a question about it. So I think that if you're in the men's NIT and you're sitting there like, I get to play against maybe even just the second tier. Let's just call it second tier of teams or the second tier of tournaments. You love it. It's, it's, it's similar to the likening, you know, for my football people out there. It's kind of like the Senior Bowl and maybe the NFL PA Bowl. You're still playing with some high-level people in the NFL PA Bowl. It might just... You know, it's just not quite looked at as the senior bowl. You know, that's the best parallel I can bring to it. It's not the exact, but it is the best parallel that I can bring to it. Same goes with the women's NIT. It's been upgraded a couple times since its uh, first year in 1998. Upgraded about three times. Last was in 2010. And now you're looking at 64 squads in that NIT tournament. 
there's so many other aspects that you can play after the year that it's not like those teams are just done and there's nothing more to talk about with them. That's so far from the truth. For example, Alcorn. Yeah, Alcorn, they, they were really good this year. They had a really hot streak. They were able to continue their season into the NIT tournament. Unfortunately, they lost last night to Texas A&M, but they were able to take that in there, and they had a really successful season. I'm just going to recap them really quick. They had a really successful season in a game or in a season where they won eight eight consecutive games before they got to the title game. Of course, they lost in the second game of a back-to-back to Texas Southern. That was unfortunate, and it's not the way that you want to end your year. You always want to end your year in the big dance, but it didn't happen that way. They were able to go into the NIT tournament, however, and still have a chance to, to you know, at least put something forward, showcase some sort of game, and they did that against Texas A&M, and I, they were credited for having a good start to the game. So it's not a failure of a year. You won 10 out of your last 12 games before you got to that to that championship game. You deserve a round of applause. Now, Jackson State, Howard, Norfolk, Texas Southern, they all really dominated their championship games, and they went against different competitions. See, Texas Southern went against the number one team in the SWAC. Howard went against, I mean, it was all shared. They were essentially the number two seed, but they were all sharing a belt against Norfolk State. They were all sharing a regular season belt. And because Alcorn and and Norfolk, or excuse me, yeah, Alcorn and Norfolk had at least shares with Alcorn having it all and Norfolk having a three-way tie, because they all had pieces of that regular season championship, they were automatic bids into the NIT because that's something you have to be. You have to finish your, your conference or finish your season number one in your conference. See, Jackson State dominated everybody. Alabama State, Alabama A&M, who was the – or Alabama State was the runner-up. Alabama A&M was the number two team in the conference through the regular season. They didn't have phenomenal years. So I'm not shocked that nothing came from that. I'm not really shocked that on the MEAC men's side, nothing came from that either. But I am going to talk about Coppin State in a second because they are special to me, um, a special case to me. But Norfolk State, they're coming in. They got Big Five, Camille Downs, Defensive Player of the Year, also a really effective three-point shooter. They're bringing that into the women's NIT tournament. They'll be starting for the first time on St. Patty's Day. That's Thursday. Checking out tomorrow, right? So there's always different places for you to play basketball. Now, once this tournament season is done, now it's on to the next year. And the way that Coppin State is special to me is because, look, they were the number seven seed. They weren't that good in the regular season. They snuck their way into the tournament, and they had a Cinderella-type season. So I knew they weren't going to be playing in an NIT. They probably won't even get a, a, a different tournament, honestly. Their season is likely over. I'm not shocked. Time may go on. They may announce that they're going to play. But as of right now, there's nothing there. But one thing that they have to look forward to is the fact that they have so many returning players. They have a core, you know, just a core set of players that is going to be sticking around for years to come. Their top six scores returning. Half of them have multiple years of eligibility left. Their top rebounder returning. Their top, um, their leader in assist and leader in steals all returning. So this year wasn't that good. No. But if you're a Coppin State fan, a Coppin State alum, then one thing that you should be looking uh, looking forward to is the fact that, hey, this school, this basketball team, this men's basketball team, they just knocked off the number two and number three seed. They gave the number one seed a run for their money in the first half. So they just went toe-to-toe with three the three top teams in the conference, knocked off two of them, and really gave a fight to the, to the first-place team. 
With all that being said, I'm bringing back all those players as well. While some of the other teams are going to have to shuffle and find new guys, I am extremely excited if I get an opportunity to see that. There's potential in this team. And the beautiful part about it all is everybody is returning. That's the great part. Rebounder, assists, steals, top scorers, everybody's returning. So you have this nucleus, this core, while everybody might be shuffling around, you will be returning all of your best players. I think that should give you some sort of confidence for the year going forward and a year after that because a lot of those guys have multiple years of eligibility. Carbon State, I expect you to have a much better year next year than you did this year because your team is young and they tasted some success. Now it's time to capitalize and build off of that. Now, I want to go into the team that they played in the finals of the MEAC tournament. That's Norfolk State because Norfolk State is faced with a tough task. Knock off a number one seed. Doesn't happen often. But I do have three keys that they're going to have to make sure that they get done. You have to accomplish these three keys if you want to be able to complete what feels like the impossible. But first, let me tell you about Stat Hero because I'm sitting here racking my brain again, thinking about the last time that I made big money in the March Madness. And just March Madness being right here is really making me think about it a lot more. Been a while. Been a while. But Stat Hero is something beautiful because it's a mix of fantasy and wagering. And instead of having to do funky props and long-term things, no, I get the single game pick them. And that's my favorite part about them is that I get to go on a single game pick them and say, hey, I want to bet on this game. I want to bet on that game. Or I have to bet on all 64 and have my bracket be perfect or have my bracket be a certain kind of way for me to be able to get money off of it. Mm -mm. Not with Stat Hero. They're not giving you that. And Stat Hero users win four times more often than all of these other places. Why wouldn't you want to go there? That's, that's all I need to sell me. Four times more often? Point me in the direction of Stat Hero. I will. Go to stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for an 100% deposit match. That is stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on. You heard me right for an 100% deposit match. Use the promo code locked on. Y'all know what to do. Y'all know where to go. Make sure you get there. Now, let me tell you about Built Bar because I'm still having my mind blown. Oh, I made my I made a fan. I made somebody a fan of Built Bars the other day. I said, listen, I vouch and I stand on this on this blueberry muffin. You have to try it. You have to try it right now. I said, try it here. Ate it. I said, you know, what? you're not lying. This was delicious. And look, I had to ask because the week prior, I met somebody who already knew what Built Bars were and said they liked them. Now I, I put somebody else on the Built Bars. This is a it's a wonderful run for the Built Bar and a Mouth of the South partnership. I'm loving it. 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. It's everything that you would want in a protein bar and everything you would want in a candy bar because it is delicious with so many flavors. I refuse to believe that you can't find one that attracts you. One is really being at the bare minimum. You should be able to find multiple at built.com using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer. All right, as we've been rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And make sure that you're checking out the Bracket Breakdown show because it's, it's already up. It's March 14th has passed. Make sure you're checking it out on our Locked on HBCU YouTube page. 
Make sure you're subscribing while you're there if you weren't already. And also on our podcast feed, make sure you're subscribed there as well if you weren't already. So you're going to have Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and Lee Sterling giving you everything that you need for March Madness. It's here, right? And today's word of the day is gregarious. It means enjoying the company of other people. But first, I want to tell you, because I don't care how gregarious Norfolk State is and, and people of, of people in their area, I don't think people want to want to mingle with them when it comes to trying to take down the number one seed. I don't, I don't care. I don't care how friendly you are. People see that. They're like, mm, you're on your own with that one, Spartans. And it's, a, it's, an, it's not an enviable task at all. Um, but I do have three keys if they want to get it done. You can't accomplish two of them. You have to accomplish all three. Listen, the number one seed has been taken out once by 16th seed, one time. I think that's the big reason people fight for the 15 seed because you, you see 15s knock off twos a lot more often than you see 16s knock down ones. But anyway, this is the position that we're in. No more talking about what could have been, what should have been, where they should have been. Nah, this is where they are. So let's look at it. What needs to happen to knock off Baylor? A whole lot. And I'm going to start with my number one key to victory. Fire on all cylinders. And I know that may seem like Duh, of course you have to fire on all cylinders. But it's not as just easy as it sounds because when I say fire on all cylinders, I mean you can't make a major mistake. You're going to have minor mistakes throughout a game, period. Even the quote-unquote perfect game has some sort of mistake within it. There's something you feel like you could have cleaned up. That's going to happen. But you have to play that quote-unquote perfect game. As a 16 seed, the, the odds are stacked against you. They just are. It does not happen. There's a reason that it doesn't happen. The gap is so significant. That gap that people talk about between HBCU, FCS, however, if we're talking about football, basketball, whatever sport, and jumping into the power five ranks, it's real like that when you're going from 16 to one. This has nothing to do with an HBCU. You could take the, the bottom 16 seed from the Big South and put them against a number one seed from the ACC, and you'll see things like this. This is very difficult. So this is not easy at all. You have to fire on all cylinders and play perfect. Everybody has to be on their P's and Q's at all times. No more mental lapses that you might be able to get away with when you're in the, when you're in the MEAC. No more mental lapses that you are just taking and just accepting because it, it is what it is. Mm -mm. You can say it is what it is, and it's going to be you on the bench. It's going to be you sitting down at home watching the rest of the tournament. You have to play a perfect game. Everybody has to pull, uh, play to their maximum potential. They simply do. And your number two, your number two key to victory, you can't just lean on your stars. can't just be Jalen Hawkins, Chris Bankston, Joe Bryant. This kind of goes in with it. But those three players, they might be able to get theirs. You have Joe Bryant, who is the MEAC player of the year. You have Chris Bankston who's received a lot of hype. You have Jalen Hawkins also averaging uh, double-digit points. We know those guys can play but when it comes to everybody else. And this isn't just scoring. Let's go defensively and everything. But you have to be on your P's and Q's. If you just allow it to those three players, you're going to get ran out the building. You simply are. You're going to be ran out of Fort Worth. It's just that simple because three players is not going to be enough to knock off a number one seed. When you are trying to jump from a 16 to 1, you have to get every single player, everybody that touches that floor, has to make an impact. Nobody just eating up minutes. No Tony Snell type of guys who are just out here running, getting cardio. 
Those guys cannot touch the floor. Only play people you have trust in. That's it. I'm not, I'm not playing it safe. If somebody's in foul trouble and it's it's reasonably late, playing them. I'm not sitting you down. Everybody's playing. You're gonna have to just be careful. Just that simple. Then the last thing that needs to happen is you need to continue excellent defense because you've been balling against these MEAC people. Nobody has touched over 40% shooting from the field in the last six games. That's the type of defensive performance that you need to continue. Everything that I'm saying is easier said than done. I'm sitting here on this nice couch, right? This nice olive green. Is this olive green? I think it's olive green. I don't know. I probably should have checked before, but it's green. It's some sort of green, but I'm sitting on this nice couch talking in the comfort of this own of this room right here. Yeah, I can tell you to play good defense. I can tell you to fire in all cylinders. I can tell you that you need more than just three players. But the fact of the matter is, in Fort Worth, when they're really going down, them players are going to have a much more difficult time accomplishing what I'm saying than I am saying it. And I understand that. I respect that. But you're going to have to play some sort of defense. It just is what it is. When you're looking at your keys to victory, that's what you're going to have to do. And then the last honorable mention key, I didn't want to really put this in here, but you're going to need some luck. All three of those things can happen, and you could still lose the game. You're going to need some luck. You're going to need the balls to bounce your way. You're going to need those 50-50 shots to rattle around the rim. You're going to need some sort of luck if you're going to want to beat this number one seed. That goes for all 16 seeds. Everybody sits in here and says, oh, Norfolk can do it. Norfolk can do it. They can do it. But those three things, and the honorable mention might be the most important of them all. But they all have to happen if they really want to stand a chance. So they're not the only team trying to knock off a 16 seed. We're only going to give the keys to victory for them. But Texas Southern, they won their first four matchups. So they're going to be playing as well. They're going against Kansas, also in Fort Worth, later on that same night on Thursday. They're going to be playing there. They have to accomplish that goal. I'm going to talk about how they were able to get through that first four matchup versus Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And then if some of their history gives them a little bit better chance to knock off a number one seed. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about Rock Auto because Rock Auto is honestly one of the better places to get everything that you need for your car. You ever been in an auto parts store and say, first off, I didn't think this line was going to be this long. I thought I was going to be more in and out, but apparently there's a couple of a couple of people here and this person can't find whatever for his, his new little Chevy Impala. And he's been up here for 15 minutes. Like send this dude to the back of the line. Somebody else needs help over here. Just things like that. Or if you've ever been so lazy, you didn't want to go anywhere because you didn't want to put on pants. Let's be real. Let's be real. In the day and age of Zoom, I'm sure some of us didn't want to put on pants. Well, this gives a solution to both of those. You ain't got to put on no pants. Just pull out your laptop. Nobody's going to be recording you. Pull out your laptop. Go to rockauto.com and make sure that you're getting everything that your car needs. It's a, it's a, uh, a family-based business, something that I really love. And then you don't have to sit there and wait in line behind people. No, just go to rockauto.com and get everything that you need for your car and tell them Locked On sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us section. All right, it's wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Texas Southern presses the gas real late against Texas A&M Corpus Christi to come out with the victory. And I want to see just how much their history could play a part in them coming up with an historic upset. 
against a number one seed as the number 16 seed in their region. But first, let's start off with the game because this was a game that if you look at the end of it, especially if you turn on and just caught maybe the last minute, you would think that Texas Southern was living comfortably, that they would just kick their feet up waiting for the clock to dwindle down. But that truthfully was not the case. It was actually really far from the case. They had to withstand a, a really late storm in which they lost the lead. They were down for a little bit. But once they were down, they regained their composure and they were able to bounce back from the Islanders' um, run. And the Islanders, the Islanders is a top-notch nickname. Look, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, mouthful. <laughs> the Islanders, yeah, that's easy. That's smooth. I like that. The Islanders. I'm with that. But the moral of the story is that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. What really matters is the fact that they were able to come up with a victory in a game where they were tested. And as that run happened, they switched over to a full court press. And once that happened, the Islanders just struggled to really get any offense going. They struggled to break through the press for a little bit. And when they did break through the press, they got a pretty nice running basket off of a off of a made basket of Texas Southern. They inbounded the ball and just ran. They ran it faster than Texas Southern can set up their press. But other than that, they really struggled. And there was about a five-minute period where they didn't even knock in a bucket. And that five-minute period was when Texas Southern really took off and really put their foot on the gas. And they called it winning time. I love that because Coach Jones has these little sayings. And winning time is something that I didn't hear a while ago. But I remember when I was there, it was level five. It was little things to get intensity, right? But those things really matter, and those things get people going. And you can see when it was winning time, which is the last four minutes of the game, really the last six, but especially the last four is winning time. And when that when that kicked in, they kicked it in. And it, was, it was just a different speed. It was a different moment. They were able to finish more. They were able to drive to the bucket and get to the hole a little bit more. I felt like the aggressiveness was on a different level from earlier in the game in which they were getting more tips and offensive rebounds and, and plays that were like hustle plays, but not so much running the court, but just I want it more than you plays. I feel like you were starting to pull those down more. And that was kind of a common theme from their Alcorn game where they just wanted it more. I, I don't know if you remember, hopefully you do, but if not, go check out yesterday's episode in which I was talking about the, the game or no, that was Monday's episode, excuse me. In Monday's episode where they caught the ball, caught a rebound, it around the player and it was just an all-around hustle play a game or a play where they said hey i just wanted more than you i just wanted more than you period and i felt as if in this game when it finally clicked down you saw the difference and the commentator spoke on it as well you saw the difference in just the pedigree of these teams you saw how texas southern had experienced more this was a really you know experienced group as opposed to the islanders who were led by a first-year coach and really good, a really good coach who turned that team around really quickly from last year. The biggest turnaround in the NCAA. But Johnny Jones has been at this for a while at multiple schools and a while at Texas Southern alone. Just that experience. And that experience is something I want to touch on because they're talking about history that goes back for years, this group being together for a couple of years now. I want to talk about history that just, just goes back a month or two, or excuse me, a couple of months. And that's when they knocked off Florida. When Texas Southern knocked off Florida in a historic upset, that's why I chose to say historic in the beginning of this segment. Because when they knocked off Florida, it was historic. And I know Florida's in the NIT right now. They're not in the big dance. 
But what it tells me is not so much about Florida. Florida is just the example. Florida is just a team that got history made on or made on them. That's it. There's no shame in it. It is what it is. But what I've seen in that game is a team that is not going to be overwhelmed by the lights. I don't think it's a situation where you're going to have a team where, oh, we don't, this moment is just, we, this moment isn't as big or this moment is bigger than we thought it was. I don't think you're going to have that team out of Texas Southern. They might lose. They're 16 going against the number one seed. Might happen. But I don't think that they will be overwhelmed. So I think that's how that Florida game is going to help them because they've knocked off an upper-level team. They went into that Power 5 rank and came out with a victory. Now, granted, they played in an out-of-conference schedule that that uh, had multiple Power 5 schools that they played really close. So I know that they believe in themselves, but knocking off one of them is a whole different story. There's no more question of, can I knock off somebody on that level? I've done it. We've seen it. They've knocked off a ranked Power 5 team in the SEC. First time any SWAC team had knocked off a, a ranked SEC opponent at any time. I know that they're going to be ready. I know Coach Jones is going to have them ready. And I know that they're not they're not going to look and say, man, that's Kansas, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't think their brain really works like that. But what they have done, what they have shown, is that when they play against high-level competition, it's going to be a game. And we'll see if that continues this week, we're going to be seeing Texas Southern versus Baylor in Fort Worth, Norfolk State versus um, Baylor, excuse me, Texas Southern versus Kansas, Norfolk State versus Baylor, both in Fort Worth on Thursday. So we will be keeping track of that game. And if you want to know where you can find all updates about that game, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives, right? So I appreciate you for making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day. Keep tracking me there if you want to keep up with how that game is going. And for tomorrow's episode, we're dedicating the episode to Akil Glass, the first and only quarterback on our top 10 draft-eligible HBCU player list. So for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked On NFL Draft. NFL and AFL cornerback Eric Crocker joined with Ryan Tracy, giving you everything that you need for the big three-day event in April. It's so much information. You need to be checking them out on the daily just to try to catch up to some things that you probably should have started about a month ago. There's so much NFL draft content, and that's the best place to go for it. So in the meantime, in between time, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. And so the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.